As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Sith Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that could never ride a train because of how often we get derailed. It's Sith Pop. That was good. Thank you. That was good. Welcome to Sith Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks! <laughs> Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com, and each week I'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And give it up for today's guru, it's Sean Kirkbride from Geek Point O. Self-clap, self-clap. Golf clap, golf clap. Yep. Thank you very How much. you doing, man? I'm doing good. You ever ridden a train? I have many, many times. Really? I have a few favorite trains in this country. Yeah. Like more than just like uh, like uh, metro, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, subway, yeah. like an yeah. actual train. Yeah. So in- Like uh, hop on, like, you know. Yeah. I used to live in Durango, Colorado. There's actually an amazing train line there that runs between Durango and a mining town called Silverton. Uh-huh. And it runs along the edge of a mountain off of a 600-foot drop-off. I have ridden that train. And it's amazing. Yeah. And when we gorgeous. When we did our Western trip, we, we rode that train. Uh, it is absolutely, it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And then we did, we did a, uh, Amtrak, um, that was like a Northwestern trip my family yep. did when I was in mm-hmm. high school. I remember that vividly. It's just something interesting about living on a train and traveling on a train. Cause we slept on the train for yep. a couple of days and I find trains to be magical. They're one of the last true, like fun ways to travel. Mm-hmm. Traffic sucks. Airplanes suck. Mm-hmm. But trains are an experience, you know? I and feel like self-driving cars are going to bring some of that back. I do, too. You know what I mean? Because people will be able to you... look around, finally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can Take in it, the surroundings. It won't just be kind of locked into this one thing. Cars will yep. start to be designed differently, all that kind of stuff. So it could be interesting. Plus, the Hyperloop might be an interesting oh, thing. It depends wait. on kind of... I mean, of course, that's a quick trip, you know, based on what he's... Attention, He's and what attention he's doing. Elon Musk, uh, <laughs> Kansas City to St. Louis to Springfield. I'm just saying. Just right? Saying. Isn't that yeah. a perfect triangle? Oh, God, yes. Oh, that would be so perfect. Did you hear how long it would take? way down the list, though. Did you hear how long it would take? To get to KC? Yeah. Uh, probably like 30 minutes. Like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's oh, nuts. I could do my press screenings. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. And Casey, bam, bam. just hop on, be home by nine. It would be nice. Yeah, that'd be incredible. So, yeah, trains trains are interesting. I, I do enjoy trains. All that train talk, of course, is Murder on the Orient Express is the movie we're going to review. Um, yeah, I love the train sounds. You should have worn a conductor cap. I should I actually have one that I wear every once in a while. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Stranger Things 2, get into television a little bit. And, of course, oh, yeah. we've got our Sift Quest. Uh, going to talk some Star Wars stuff. And we'll do some uh, buried treasure at the end. But we like to start with some do we care. So I'm going to read you some pop culture headlines, Sean. Yeah. And uh, then we'll decide if we care to talk more about them or how much we care to talk more about them. Um, let's start with the serious stuff uh, with the sexual misconduct of Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey stuff, Harvey Weinstein stuff. It certainly continues to be in the pop culture consciousness uh, with powerful men taking advantage of people and people finally feeling the, I guess, freedom would be the right word or the backing to be able to say these things publicly. Um, the Louis C.K. stuff and the Spacey stuff both have interesting news stories attached to them that we can Very talk about so. with the Spacey stuff having the uh, the latest movie that he's in, which I think is it was kind of awards bait. Um, he's having his entire role replaced five weeks before the movie goes into theaters. Wow. That's incredible by Christopher Plummer. I guess you kind of do that stuff these days. And I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about, about all that stuff? I, I actually am deeply like concerned about it. I, it's hard to say, like, there's not a good way to phrase this, but I'm, Super excited to see this, and that don't mean that in the way of like seeing that this is happening. Right, I'm glad to. You're see You're glad that the current stuff is happening. The climate has changed. Yeah, exactly. The climate that has changed. We can see this, and I told Missy uh, we were talking about this the other day. I said once this whole issue with um, uh, the initial um issue, uh, not Spacey, but uh, Weinstein, Weinstein, yeah, out. I said you watch because he's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he has been so feared for so long. You watch. That's going to cause an avalanche. We're going to see all kinds of people going, you know what? If I don't have to worry about Harvey Weinstein, maybe I can speak up too. Right. And I think we've only scratched the top. I think this is going to trickle down. And we're going to see more and more powerful men who've used or abused their privilege or position Mm -hmm. and power to objectify or threaten, you know, um, whether it's psychologically or physically. uh, Women in at any point in their life be called out for that. And I think it's good because I think it's it's a great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, too many people in our society, no matter where they are, Hollywood, government, wherever else, got to where they are through coercion and threats and just an overall bullying mentality. And I think it's good to have them put in their place a little bit. And these are some, I mean, these are potent people. These are yeah. not your fly by Well, night. you don't get any higher in the comedy world than Louis C.K. Like, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, He's... if you said who is the biggest name in comedy today. Power-wise, yeah. Because it's say not Louis just C. his stand-up. I no, mean, no, no, right. It's TV show. Production. And, yeah. And yeah. I mean, he's he's got serious clout. And now we're finding little things. I, man, I spent all day yesterday reading, uh, you know what I mean? About him and things I wasn't aware of. And then how many people have spoken out before. Mm-hmm. And Tig Notaro said even that's there's a skit on One Mississippi that they did. Right. It's directly about him. Yeah. You know? And so I just, and it was, the whole thing was preposterous and disturbing. Right. And now to know that it was legit, like that yeah. actually happened. Is it appears to be so, scummy. yeah. I just, ugh. Yeah, if you if you read, I think the New York Times did the article on yes, Louis C.K. If you read that Times. stuff, it, it, I mean, it is, 
it feels very, uh, very difficult to deny, not that you would want to anyway. And I think that's part of the powerful thing that's happening too. And I think that's part of the reason people are feeling more comfortable to come out is they're being believed. And we have unfortunately lived in a culture of, um, of disbelief for so long. Um, I just want, you know, you want, you want the truth to be, uh, easy and it's yes. not. No, the it's truth not. is not easy. I and was reading getting to the truth is not easy sometimes. No, it's not. And some of the things it's and sometimes it's not even getting to it. Sometimes I think people I can imagine people in those situations thinking, if I said this out loud to someone, there's no way they oh, would sure. they would believe it. And I'm I'm reading these things and I'm thinking of normal guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. The things that they're described, like if a normal human being did those things, like Cops would be flying in like crazy. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm not kidding. Like it would be massive news. Yeah. Some of the disgusting things these guys have gotten away with. Well, Weinstein Weinstein is actually uh getting charged. Like he's going to court. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's it's just nuts though to think that people held back mm-hmm. from saying something for so long because of that mentality, that fear. And so I'm glad to see that it's causing a movement. And I hope it empowers more people, men and women, to speak out when they've been put in those positions. Yeah. So that I think that it can start a, a new trend, maybe, or it can just maybe start changing behavior. Yeah. Maybe people can start being civil to each other for once. I, I don't know. I, I think we've seen we've seen such eye-opening with racial issues in this country recently, and now with uh, gender issues and sexism and um, abuse of power, those kind of things. It's just, it's it feels like, it feels like we've had this giant zit filled American face and we're finally yes. starting to pop some of these. And there's a lot of pus coming heads. out. Yep. A lot of pus coming out and that's ugly and it's gross And it. But at the end of the day, uh, I feel like health is on the way. Um, and I, in the day and always considering the danger of saying, okay, we're healthy now. Like that is the thing we always have to be aware of too, is there's always more work to be done in ourselves, right? Like in our yes. own attitudes and the way we see other people, um, I would also say before, you know, before we kind of move on from this, um, you know, that we're just two dudes sitting in a room, you know, we don't have a female voice in here right now. The podcast does have, uh, you know, female voices come on every once in a while. Um, but we don't assume to know what that would be like, no, um, not, not for even, women. And, uh, yes. and that's one of the main reasons we have to do our best to listen and to be the kind of people who, uh, are respectful beyond reproach. So, tying right in before we end that to what you just said, um, we've heard a lot of negative news, a lot of terrible things, yeah. you know, said about various people. Yesterday, there was an unrelated story that was uh, more related to racial tension mm-hmm. um, that happened at the Air Force Academy. And um, uh, without getting into details, uh, the Air Force addressed the issue. They investigated. But the general in charge of the Air Force Academy gave a speech that is so incredibly moving and it's so on point. There's no political correctness. Mm. There's no um, no whitewashing or candy it doesn't feel manufactured. Anything. No, or... it's one of the most like you guys could go watch it. It's all over Twitter. It's all over the news. Um, but General Silveria just basically gave the speech and said, you know, here's the deal. If you can't treat people with dignity and respect, regardless of race, creed, color, nationality, sex, mm-hmm. get out. Yeah. Go. We don't want in this in the military, in this country, okay, anywhere, 
that is not acceptable, no matter right. what the circumstance. And he even had the cadets. He told him, he's like right there during the press conference. He said, get your phones out now. Record me. Save this. Watch it later. The first time you're thinking about being you know, unkind to someone or doing something like this, yeah. watch it and remember it. If you can't treat other people, okay, with the dignity and respect that you expect to be treated, get out. Yeah. Get out of that situation. Get out of what you know what I mean. Stop. Yeah, no, it's it's important, and I'm I'm it's like you really said, like you said, I am I am in a weird way thrilled that we're here because uh, it it needs to happen. Yeah, and it's an awkward situation. It's going to be sad. It's only going to get sadder as time goes on. But I think yeah. the end result is going to be something really good for 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 our country and you know for for people in general. Yeah, and I I wouldn't be surprised to see it snowball beyond the entertainment business too. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised to see it snowball into other tech powerful the tech community very much exactly. So. Yep. So um yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh let's move on to some lighter stuff. Yeah. Uh I we're going to talk about Star Wars more later for our Sift Quest cuz somebody asked us a question about Star Wars. But Bear, I wouldn't say buried, but in that Star Wars movie news, there was also Star Wars TV news. So uh, let's just go with that. A new live-action Star Wars TV show to de- debut on Disney's um, streaming service in 2019. Do we care? I do for two reasons. Okay. So do you care? Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. I do because... Star Wars was all you had to say to get me to care. <laughs> because so. of those two words, Star Wars. <laughs> but secondly, um, because... Uh, I have had some issues with the fact that Disney, as a corporation, are a bunch of uh, words that aren't appropriate, (laughs) Um, but they have shown their butt uh, in the last couple months several times, Mm -hmm. and this latest thing with the banning of the LA Times because they published a- Very well verified- for news, and a lot of it had to do with Disney. Non-positive, you know, look at the company as a Mm -hmm. whole- and they decided to retaliate by banning them and giving them, removing their access. What a weird choice! Did they really think that was a good choice? I don't who know made who in that, that PR decision? department. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's what a getting canned. silly decision. Yeah, and the bad PR came out of it, like totally eclipsed, like an mm-hmm. avalanche beyond what PR they were going to get for the original issue. They were already, you know, I mean, it was done. Mm-hmm. That was published at that point. The yeah. only times put that out there, so like they just drew more light to it. So many more people I mean, they immediately, looked at it. To their credit, they immediately did a 180. Well, and, after two days, after yeah. two days of, of harsh criticism and all of social media and several very powerful companies saying, that's fine. Yeah. We're not going to help you make money anymore then yeah. by giving previews and helping you and freely promote stuff. the awards stuff. Uh, yeah. said no Disney that, movies. That, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's Could back. Could be. They realized, holy crap, we can't take off the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so I, I am excited uh, because it's Star Wars, yeah. and I think it's going to be cool to get some more episodic. There's Those who are fans of Star Wars know there is so much content to draw from. Yeah. There's opportunities for so many stories and so many. So the idea of being able to have a serialized TV show yes. based on it, other than, and I like live action stuff. I'm not taking anything away from Clone Wars, which was fantastic, yeah. but to explore these with real people, oh, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I am too. I think that's the perfect place for the, you know, the extra Star Wars material to be realized and found. Uh, it's interesting that it's going to be, uh, you know, on their streaming service when it debuts. I think that is so very strategic. I was just going to say such similar things from CBS recently. Um, <laughs> I, I, I What a way to try to draw people in and make them not hate Disney for going after all the money. 
Yeah, um, it is. Uh, it, it's an interesting position to be in, but I'm I'm certainly excited for the show. The other Disney story that we didn't mention, in addition to the uh, L.A. Times one, um, there was another Disney story, but it just slipped my mind. Um, all right, well, I'll come back to it okay. uh, if if I remember uh, what it is. But yes, Star Wars TV show. Excited, definitely excited about that. Uh, ready for the third one? Yeah, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Uh, coming to Apple TV's first show about morning show television. Do we care? Nope. Now, why don't you care? This uh, seems like a huge deal to me. Uh, it maybe it is uh, for other people. It's not for me. Um, and that's because I don't support the Apple economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apple is really a, much like Disney. Apple's the six hundred pound gorilla of the tech industry. Yeah, and they have tried their best to bully and push. And make Disney like like demands of the entertainment industry mm-hmm. to try to develop their own new to create the iTunes of television. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and they've done a re- lot of really shady things to a lot of really great companies in the process. And so anything that furthers their venture, th- Apple has all the money. Um, and coming from the tech side of this and knowing where the profit margins are on their individualized products and things like that. They don't need to go in there and do that to the entertainment industry. And so just out of spite, like anything that might potentially give it a foothold, I'm not so sure I'm I'm keen on there. The only interesting thing <coughs> the interesting thing about it that that I saw um was that they talked about that they're not going the premium cable route, that they want their shows to be clean enough that they can put them on their um all their different avenues in that the whole family can have access to them so they very specifically Uh, talked about how they are they're wanting to produce more of kind of a family friendly kind of array of content which i thought was interesting um not necessarily something i saw coming from apple um but is you know definitely an interesting thing to do Somebody in the chat reminded me of that other uh, Disney story that we uh, didn't have in Do We Care, which is Disney trying to buy 20th Century Fox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think they do want to basically own the world yeah. uh, at that point. But we're not going to let it happen. No. Actually, I really love Star Wars, Marvel, and Pixar. It's not <laughs> like they've let me down. No. You know? They just bought all the things you love. Just take it, Disney. Just yeah. take it all. I don't care. You're doing fine. Uh, all right, let's move on and review. Uh, let's start with Stranger Things 2. On Halloween night, Will's a sort of shadow. Maybe all of this is happening for a reason. These are not nightmares. It's happening. And it all leads back to here. Stranger Things is back, Sean. Yes, indeed. Have you seen all the episodes? Oh, yeah. We go back uh, to Indiana to hang out with our favorite kiddos over uh, Halloween of 1984. And what happens uh, when the Upside Down can't quite be left behind. So, so, yeah, I've seen every single episode of Stranger Things 2 now, as has Sean. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, we will do our best not to spoil it here in the podcast. If we have some spoilers that we want to talk about, we'll save that for a SIFT spoil. Um, and starting this week with the SIFT pop feed uh, for all our podcast listeners, 
Um, when we have two things that we want to talk spoilers on, I'm actually just going to release two different episodes. So there'll be a Sif spoil for Murdered on the Orient Express oh, okay. and a Sif spoil for Stranger Things. The whole idea of separating those as different episodes is so that you can have them in your podcast feed and then just wait to listen to them when you've actually you know seen things or whatever. I, for That's me, cool. as a podcast person, when I listen to a pop culture podcast and then they just do a spoiler section, I'm like, if I haven't seen it, I right. don't listen to any of the podcast because I don't want to be, you know, right. spoiled at all. So, um, so anyway, so we try to separate it out for you. So we'll do a Sif yeah. spoil on Stranger Things too, uh, a little bit of that stuff. But just kind of overall thoughts, non-spoiler stuff. You know, what did you think? I think it's really, really good. Um, I liked it actually, surprisingly, almost better than the first season. Not really? Quite, not quite. But um, yeah, I, because it gave us things that we wanted. We got we got deeper with our characters. We got to understand these people better. Um, it was a little more emotional, um, and uh, we got we just got more of everything. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, and of course, uh, we got to see that the Duffer brothers are so in tune with their material and making sure that it just fits it, their timeline. You know, mm -hmm. and or I should say the times. Um, it's just, it's magical every time they put something in front of us. And so I, I loved every moment of it. It was great. It definitely scratches the same nostalgia itch. That same feel is there. Uh, you know, it's, they talked about going a little bit grittier, a little bit darker. You know, that's kind of what 80s sequels did. You know, you think of the empire strikes back yeah. or temple of doom or those kind of things, you know, they always just kind of go a little bit darker. Um, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first. A lot of that has to do with the newness, I think, has, has worn off of it. I, I remember experiencing the original Stranger Things, and every episode was like, I can't believe this. This is amazing. That's what puts the first one over for me. Right. Was because it was the first time I got to meet these characters. So there's something magical about that experience, and that's why it's better than the season two for me. I will say uh, our four main kids, um, watching them again in season two... I realize even more how talented they all are and how good they all are together. Um, I think movies like It have, you know, reminded me of that because people talk about the kids in It being good. And I remember that was one of my things with that movie where I was like, I don't know that they were that good. And then I watched Stranger Things 2 and I'm like, see, this is what I'm talking about. These are good child actors. Like, those were okay, but these are amazing. And maybe, maybe I'm having too high of a standard based on what I see from these Stranger Things kids, but man, I think they're good. Yeah, do you have a favorite? Of them? Yep. Well, I mean, you know, you got to love Dustin, right? Like, I mean, God, yeah. that stuff with that stuff with the the thing that we won't say right now uh was just some of the best relationship stuff in the Absolutely. whole Absolutely. in the whole thing. So, um in such an 80s thing to do, that plot line. Yeah. So perfectly 80s movie. Uh and that at the end of the day is what's going on here. I love how they found a way to have Winona Ryder kind of encapsulate her same performance of the first one, you know, yeah, giving her something to be panicked yep. or worried about or going crazy over. Cause that's when she's at her best is when she looks terrified or totally confused. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I thought as far as standout performances go, um, his name is slipping me of uh, the sheriff. Um, I can't remember the actor's name right now. Oh but, my goodness. Yeah. Um, just I, because you said that, uh, I thought he was great. Um, Oh, it was right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, that's but fine. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was absolutely absolutely stunning so good stuff from there well he, what performances did you like in it uh dustin has always been my favorite mm -hmm. I, I really really like dustin um and uh uh mike is of course um and then 11 but 
not so much this season. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like my favorite characters, David Harbour, Hopper. Yeah. Uh, Hopper was really, really good this season. Um, and the first part of the first season, I wasn't sure if I was going to like his character because I thought he was going to become really cliched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he turned out to be an intriguing character. This season made me care about him deeply. I like, I really like Hopper. So Hopper and Dustin for me are are my my go to guys. I love both of them and what they bring, because um, they're very opposite lo- looks on society and life, and you know, and not just from the kid adult standpoint. Mm-hmm. It, and so they bring something different to it. So yeah, those are my two standouts. Uh, what did you think of the big, uh, kind of the big bad? This season, um, how did that strike you? The upside down and all the the that stuff. So I talked to Missy about it, and I don't know how to place it. For me, for some reason, when an evil, uh, I, when I can put a specific face to it, mm-hmm. structure, I call it 4K. Mm-hmm. When there's detail, yeah, um, I tend to identify with it more, and I can I can I can fear it and and place it as evil. But when something is just this. This nebulous, nebulous thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for some reason, lack the ability to be as afraid of it. Yeah. And Missy says for her, and she made a valid point that for her, that is what makes things more terrifying. Yeah. No, when, I can see that. That that unknown aspect of it. And so she goes, because it wasn't as detailed or as directed as we got with the Demogorgon, mm-hmm. um, she says it. she loved it. She says it was fantastic. And now this, it's this looming presence because it's both representative physically, mm-hmm. but it, it represents this just overwhelming, you know, cloud of terror. Mm-hmm. And she goes, that's what makes it even more scary. For her. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I thought it was a little bit abstract for my taste. Uh, I wanted something a little more specific. We were given some kind of side evil things uh, that we could kind of focus yeah. on for that. But um, overall, I wasn't sure of, you know, uh, you know how to root. You know, like you want you want a way exactly. to know exactly how to how to root for our kids, like what, what you want them to do. And I didn't know that that was always clear. Part of that is I think we're we're seeing what happens with a lot of sci-fi TV shows in the second or third years is they start to go oh what's the end game like how many seasons are we doing where do we want to go how do we need to get there and right. i think there's some stuff that happens with 11 in in season 2 that is so very obviously to me about setting up a bigger picture right and it feels a little out of place and it takes a little long for me. Yep. And so those when when Stranger Things season 2 is going through those moments, um I get a little bored. But yes. overall it's still really fun to watch. So, I still had a really good time, but I didn't like it as much as the first season. So, Agreed. Um I'm excited though. I'm excited to see where they end up going. I think they're talking four seasons, maybe five. Yeah, so I hadn't thought about it, but Missy, that was the first question when we finished season 2 was Okay, now I really want to know what their plan is. So we read in detail all the interviews with the Duffer Brothers and like what their intent was and how they were like, we just had an idea for something awesome and we didn't anticipate that it would go bigger than a single season. Yeah. And they were like, we didn't know the world would connect to it the way they did. And and then after we saw the response, like we were like, okay, and Netflix talked to us and they're like, we we're thinking a bigger arc here. And they're like, that's fine, but we have a specific story to tell. And we don't want to branch it out and we don't want to drag right. it out. And so they were very clear that, you know, they wanted to tidy it up into three to four seasons um, max. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, you know what I mean? That overarching storyline and where they're going to take it. 
I am as well. Um, Stranger Things 3 should be coming your way in... 2020. 2019. You think they'll try to rush it, get it out next year? I don't think so. No, I don't either. That's not and their that's, style. Well, and that's good. I'm Take yep. your time. That's I, I love that people are waiting till they're ready to create things. Absolutely. Uh, there's plenty for me to watch. Yeah, like there's I'll, so much for me I to catch up I will get there. On. You know, if you release Stranger Things 3 next year, I may not get to it till 2019 anyway. So, so yeah, take your time. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on and review Murder on the Orient Express. I see evil on this train. A passenger has died. So they got him after all. You assume he was killed? No, 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 not. Well, he was in perfectly good health. He, he had his enemies. Indeed, he was murdered. A lavish trip through Europe quickly unfolds into a race against time to solve a murder aboard a train. Everyone suspect when Detective Hercule Poirot, 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 that was not that was not him being funny. That was Aaron reenacting every individual character in the trying movie to say the name to pronounce his last name. When Detective Hercule Perot arrives to interrogate all passengers and search for clues before the killer can strike again. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express, of course, the Agatha Christie book brought to the big screen. Uh, let's quickly say, like it, love it. Didn't like it, hate it. It was just okay. I loved it. Loved it. Yep. Uh, I am going to go on the loved it train as well. Um, I had so much fun at this movie. Uh, it is exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, let me ask you this. How familiar familiar are you with the material, like the source material? So I read Murder on the Orient Express in my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long time since I, I did. Um, did you remember the plot at all? I did not. There was a couple times I was like, is this movie or is this book? Uh-huh. So I, you know, there's I think a it's pretty times. faithful to the book, isn't it? I've okay. never actually read the book, I, so I don't remember. That's okay. the problem. That's why it made me want to go back and and read the book because there were certain things that happened. I was like, I don't remember that, and mm-hmm. so I'm like, maybe I need to go back and reread the book. Um, I think it. Uh, I I was hoping that you were more a little more familiar with the material because I would love to get the opinion of somebody who's you know completely familiar with the right. material. Because I wonder if you know where the plot goes if the movie still holds up. I caught you. But um, because so much of the what holds me into the movie is thinking things through. Yeah. Uh, what is this character's, uh, you know, why are they a suspect? What are their motivations? Um, you know, and just kind of thinking that about each individual character and trying to figure out how it's all going to piece together uh, at the end. That's so much of what I love about a good whodunit in a good murder mystery right. is that stuff. So I wonder if you already know the outcome, if you can still enjoy it. Now, my instinct is that you can. My instinct is that the performances are yeah, good enough, uh, that it's beautiful enough, that all those things are still going to hold you in. What are some of the specific things like that that you liked? So one of my favorite things is the dialogue delivery. Um, I'm a huge fan. This is going to catch so much crap for this. I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan. Okay. And if you've watched that show, one of the things, one of its hallmarks is the incredibly fast delivery of, of the dialogue. Um, Lorelai talks very fast mm-hmm. and it's very whippy. 
um, you know, and uh, a witty, excuse me, and snappy in his mm-hmm. delivery. Um, and there's a lot of that in this movie. And there's a lot of times where you do a double take and you're like, oh, my God, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, the dialogue that, that, is great. Those interchanges were just fantastic between those people. And so um, I love that about it. And because of the way that dialogue is delivered, combined with the the accents of the characters, so giving them some individualized personalities, um, and then the setting tied together with that created just this really fun experience. It's 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 something to listen to. It's fun to listen to, mm-hmm. even if you weren't watching visually what's happening on screen, which is also gorgeous. Yeah. So I definitely feel like it's both great visually and dialogue wise. Yeah. Um, it's kind of Shakespearean in many ways. And what I mean by that is there's almost a rhythm of it that you have to get into um, yes. to you, to fully embrace. And I can see that putting off some people. The pacing is a little bit different yep. in that way. Uh, but man, if you give yourself over to it, I, I really feel like it's it's engaging and captivating uh, because of those things. There's this one, the scene between uh, Johnny Depp and, oh, and, and Kenneth Branagh uh, is one of the best two guys sitting at a table scene that I've ever seen. Scene. It was so... I just love it when... You get two actors whose performances are just crackling together, you know, in that scene, I just felt like they were both so good and so good off of each other uh, in what their individual characters were trying to do. Um, Man, if I if there's one scene in the movie I want to go back and watch again immediately, it's probably that one, you know, just to kind of hear that dialogue and see what's going on. But it's I mean, it's like that throughout the entire movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What else? What else did you like? Cinematography. Oh my god, is this this thing? Is Which is interesting beautiful. for a, a movie that takes place just on a train. It is, but the the way the camera pans through the train and the way it uh, there's the 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 train losing mm-hmm. my train of thought here. The train becomes such a massive set piece in this movie, and the way it's filmed to create this the impression that it's a character itself. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, and it also makes me long for the ability to travel like that. I mean, watching the kind, the, the delicate nature and the attention to detail and, you know, the experience they try to create on these, on these luxury trains. Like it makes me want to have had the opportunity to ride the original Orient Express, you know, Um, if, if I could even possibly afford it because it's just magical. Um, So the train and then the, obviously the landscapes this train travels through some of these, some of these camera um, shots are unbelievable mm-hmm. from above it and panning away from it as it comes around. The landscapes they're going through is just absolutely beautiful. It's extremely well-framed and shot. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Another thing I liked, um, I think it's well-cast all around. Um, I was shocked. I did not know how many people were in it. And every time, I w- as we were watching, every time somebody new came on screen, I was like, <laughs> how many people are in this movie? Like the budget must have been insane for this movie. Well, except they're all like none of them, except for Johnny Depp and maybe Kenneth Branagh, are superstars. They're all just really well known stars. Fair enough. Fair Do you know enough. what I mean? Yeah. Like you think of somebody like Daisy Ridley. Oh well, obviously gosh, she's, she's so amazing. She's really good in it, and yes. she's really well known. But it's pretty much just for Star Wars, right? Right. And and so you know, it's not like you have to pay an arm and a leg probably for her. Fair enough. Um, and she does really good. It's a great opportunity for her to kind of 
you know, prove her worth, prove her performance, you know, that kind of thing that she can exist outside of the Star Wars universe. There's even somebody in there that I recognized and that doesn't even have a like a speaking part in the movie. They just they're a character Uh that's that's visually seen on screen. And I'm like, everyone is in this movie, whether they're talking or not. All right. Let's give you some. I guess I guess I guess you you could consider some of these people superstars. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Is in this. Yep. Uh, Dame Judi Dench, a beyond yes, incredible Penelope Cruz. Yeah, um, you've got Josh Gad, everyone's favorite snowman from Frozen, a Willem Dafoe, which I was so excited to see him. I was like, yes, he did. He I did like very him. well. I like him. Yeah. Um, who was the one you were talking about that you just saw? Do you know Hayden Pentier? Oh, is she in this? She's the photo. No, she's not. She's the photo. Did you research that? Huh? Did you I, research I, that? I will you buy can't lunch say, on You that. cannot say that that was Hayden Pentier. I, I don't I'm think looking so. it up. Uh, what was her name again? Um, she was in the photo? Yes. I don't think so. Googling is such fun to listen to. Yes, it is. I, I, I looked at it and I'm like, eventually after like the fourth time that he looked at her, I was like, that's Hayden Pantier. I leaned over to you. I'm like, that's. Nope, it's not her. Are you sure? Well, I mean, it's not showing up anywhere. I'm telling you, that's a picture of her. <laughs> I'm going to write the studio. I'm going to find out. She's not She's not listed like as a cast, but I swear. No. Man, uh, if it's not, that is the most amazing body double uh, facially. <laughs> like, I've never seen somebody look so much like somebody. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Save the cheerleader. Save the train. Save the- <laughs> I think that's- <laughs> that was fantastic. I think that's how it goes. Yes, indeed. Uh, anything else you like that you want to get to before we get to the negatives? Um, I, I do like the uh, the whodunit. They did a good job of. Totally. Of a really good job of tying you along from character to character. Um, with- and it's so old school. It feels so much like an Very old school so. murder mystery. And I love that. Yeah. It's like it's like Hitchcock and. um. Uh, well, it's like the old, you know, Sherlock Holmes stuff. Yes. It's like Clue, you know. I mean, it's just... It has a very Clue vibe yeah. to it. And some of the sound effects that they play during the, you know, the interrogations. I remember those little horror clips that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was just... Everything was well put together. It just created for a really, really fun ride. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. So... I loved uh, the other thing I, I just have to bring specific mention to uh, is Kenneth Branagh's performance. I thought he so was amazing. so good as Poirot. Um, it took me a while to figure out that that was Kenneth Branagh. His yeah. accent in this is there's someone going to be in the audience who's Belgian. They'd be like, it's, oh, my God, it was terrible. His <laughs> right. accent was so good. I thought for a while I'm like, man, he has Branagh's eyes because his eyes are just yeah. captivating. Yeah. But I'm like, I think that's actually some like guy that's. That's his real accent. He's lip syncing that. He was so good in it. Yeah. And no. he had such presence on screen. And the performance was great. And not only that, but the character is so great. And that's, it was, it was a reminder to me that there's more to explore in the world of, you know, mysteries and whodunits and detectives than just Sherlock Holmes. It's interesting yeah. because we have, you know, two Sherlock Holmes TV shows, different Sherlock Holmes movies, and it's like, 
Sherlock Holmes is a you know public domain character, and so people can just you know use it. And I'm just thinking, why aren't we why aren't we digging into Poirot? Poirot is, is actually I, like, a much more compelling character. I love his character. His personality is fantastic. Where his character went emotionally and thematically through this yes, movie was absolutely. powerful. Yep, I loved it, and that's another thing I loved about Amazing it. Is it was it was about more than just the murder mystery. It was about um, about him and what he was going through, and to understand that that character has to be more than just a genius detective, but they have to be a human being. Yeah. I think serves the movie really well. The first scene really sets the tone for him as a human being, um, as and a detective, mm-hmm. fantastically. And it's such a really good job of setting the stage for who this man is before he even gets to the train. Yep, um, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk negatives. What do you got? I don't have much, so I don't. I don't have much either. Um, some of the uh, some of the giveaways uh, in the movie, I almost felt like uh, some of the things, some of the ways that they uh, filmed some of the characters, I think uh, gave you gave away what was going on too easily. Mm. I think they could have left a little thing, a little more to mystery. Um, was a couple of people's characters specifically. Well, I thought at times maybe it didn't. Maybe this is the same thing. Maybe it's different. But I, I felt like there was at times too much with certain characters. Yes. Like we were visiting yes. conversations a little too much, uh, and that that could have been tightened up so that we're you know we're seeing more specific parts of interviews yeah. and things. I didn't Some mind it, but almost started to feel like a wink to the camera, mm-hmm, a little and, bit. And I was like, no, 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 don't. You're doing so good. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. So. Yeah, um, that's about it. Like, I don't think, for me, experience-wise, I can think of much else. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I mm-hmm. just did. I enjoyed every minute of the movie. So, um, I think for me, the only negative is, and it's actually not one I felt very much, but I'm going to put it out there because I think for some people it could be a, a pretty big negative because it's old school. I think it will feel slow to a lot of people. I think. Okay. Um, if you are, especially if you are not in the same, you know, if you're not vibrating at the same frequency uh, as this movie is, uh, I think it will feel a little slow to you and might feel that. a little drawn out. Um, I didn't feel that per se, but I can see how how others might. might feel that way. Um, other than that, man, I loved almost everything about this movie. I can't. I mean, the I thought the ending was handled well. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I actually looked it up today and it's got mm. a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's got a lot of mediocre reviews. And I'm like, I don't know what movie you guys saw. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You could probably look through those reviews. I do. That just means 66% of them were positive. Right. There are probably a few here or there that loved it as much as uh, Yeah, as I read did, some but... of the splats, those, and I'm like, really? Oh, people who didn't like it? Yeah, I, I, well, always, I always like to get those 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 stark polar you know mm-hmm. opinions those polarizing opinions just those to polar see. express yeah. opinions wah, wah, wah. <laughs> um and uh it was pretty interesting to see where people felt it fell flat and i i felt like so many of them were wrong and i don't see that too often like yeah. you know what i mean such polarizing uh, uh extremes could it be that they just didn't lock into the frequency of the movie I think you so. know what i'm saying like so. it does seem to be one of those movies that if you if you aren't on board so to speak you haven't gotten your ticket punched, oh, so to speak. Oh my God, the puns! Uh, you are going to, you're not going to enjoy it, you know, yeah. because you're going to be in a different world. So, yeah, I can, I can see that yeah. happening with some people, but uh, I'm glad you liked it. I enjoyed it too. 
Um, that's a high recommend for me. Absolutely, especially it's the best if, movie on a train all year. Yeah, especially if you, uh, if, especially if you love murder mystery stuff. Have there been other movies on a train this year? No. <laughs> best train movie since Snowpiercer. Oh wow. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Snowpiercer <laughs> wasn't this year, so you're safe. Snowpiercer is like 2015, isn't it? Might be. Yeah. <laughs> you act like that was for, that was two years ago, man. <laughs> you don't act like it's that was like ago. the 60s. <laughs> Oh, uh, best train movie stuff. since Strangers on a Train. See, and then we can go back to the sixties. Yeah, no, no, there can. you go. Uh, all right, before we head on to the rest of the podcast, I want to take a second to uh, remind you that this podcast exists because people just like you decided to throw a few bucks each month towards the podcast network it exists on. It's called Studio DNA. Lots of fun podcasts on the network. If you want to know more about it, you can go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash studio DNA. Cool perk, cool benefit. Uh, if you're a patron of the podcast network, you do get every single podcast episode directly in your feed, as well as all the bonus episodes. So, for instance, this week uh, we talked about Daddy's Home 2 in the pre-show, as well as some other. What else did we talk about? We went off on several tangents. So, yeah, uh, we did. If, kinda... uh, if you want to check that out. Uh, we you derailed can, a little bit. Uh, just a little bit. You can, uh, of course, support at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Support starts at three bucks a month. And thank you very much for doing that. Ready for the Sift Quest? Yeah. Mr. Sean? Uh, this comes to us from Blake on Twitter. In honor of the news of Star Wars, if you could pitch your own blank slate Star Wars trilogy, what would it be? Uh, I took this and adapted it into a more specific question. What are two things that you would definitely like to see and two things that you definitely don't want to see in Ryan Johnson's new Star Wars trilogy that he's developing and putting together. So uh, let's start with the things that we don't want to see. What do you got, Sean? So I have four. Of each? No, four don'ts. Four don'ts? Yeah. Well, you'll probably cover mine. Because so. the trailers, uh, in, which you don't watch, That's true. threw things out there that made me, the last trailer, threw the world for a loop. And now I'm like, uh-uh. So there's several things I don't want to see. So we Wait, know I don't is... want you to be giving me giving me no, stuff no, no. from the trailer. We're not even talking about this trilogy. We're, what, we're talking about we're an talking... unknown trilogy. We're talking about the middle of a trilogy. What? We're talking about the middle of a trilogy. What are you talking about? <laughs> we're not talking about I don't I'm so confused right now. Are you talking about episode 8? Huh? Are you talking about episode 8? No, coming... no, 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 no. You're talking about Ryan Johnson's trilogy that he's going to do down the road. Right. Okay. I thought we were talking about. Never mind. <laughs> I did think we were talking about eight. Okay. So I was like, no, these are things I don't want to see happen. Uh, I, these are I things see. I don't you, want to see. Coming. So you came prepared to talk about episode eight. Yeah. I apologize. Because we're a month away, <laughs> and my brain is thoroughly ensconced in all things Star Lords. Uh, yeah, no, the news that Ryan okay, Johnson so, is yes. is developing a completely standalone trilogy in the Star Wars universe. Fair enough. Uh, what are some things you want to see? What are some things you don't want to see? I don't want to see any more Jabba the Hutt. Okay. Uh, the Huts are a, uh, are a, you know, race within that mm-hmm. realm. Um, I have seen enough slugs and I don't want them to bring that back uh, as part of, you know, Jabba, I done with mm-hmm. so and the other huts uh, i just i never really liked them as characters so i, I don't want to see any huts in the movie 
I will take that a step further because one of mine is I don't want to see anybody we know. Uh, one of my don't wants is I want a trilogy completely devoid of winks and nods. I don't want, you know, oh, look how this ties into the main yeah. thing. Look how this. I think it would be so cool if it was its own truly standalone trilogy from the same universe as Star Wars, but not tied into any of those Star Wars characters. Like some we know. of the extended universe books. Sure. Entirely yeah. just and then, new storylines. Absolutely. And if it, you know, if it, if it works well, I don't care, you know, because you're expanding the universe. I don't care if later you do some sort of interesting movie Tie that in. combines the, yeah. you know, the different things or whatever. But for now, give us one of the things I don't want to see is, is just that jokey wink kind of, Oh, Hey, there's this, you know, rogue guy named solo that's doing, so, you know, it's just like, you know, Right. Star Trek is the worst at that. Uh, you know, especially I would look at like a JJ's Wrath of Khan, you know, I, there was just so much of that that winked at the old stuff, which is exactly what it was. Which is what it was and that's I, there's a, there is I guess a place for that. I'm just kind of done with it. I yeah. I really want a contained standalone story that you're going to tell fits, me. That fits well with one thing that we talked about earlier that is there is such a massive wealth of potential content to be had, you know, uh, stories to explore and canon to be mm-hmm. gone into. There's so much uh, that there's not really a need to tie into anybody specific, you know, um, and have the ability to create something new. Well, so I agree. I will give you my second don't want since okay. you mentioned all the Star Wars material that is out there. I also don't want it to be the Star Wars material that is out there. I don't want this trilogy be to be based on any pre-existing material. And I'll tell you why. Because okay. then it becomes a spoiler game. Then it becomes, how is it going to compare to this? You know, are they going to okay. show this part of this book that it's or book series that it's based on or comic books it's based on? I want whole cloth. I want you to tell a story that nobody knows where it's going to go. Yeah. I think that that's the most powerful thing you can do. Um, and that is why, you know, both of mine kind of go together. That's, you know, I don't want any existing characters from the movie universe and I don't want it based on something that's already known and in the public consciousness. So that's, that's, I mean, agree, disagree, that's fine, but that's kind of, that's what I, that would be my perfect case scenario would be not to see those two things. Well, when I think of uh, extended universe and, and standalone project, I always, my, because 2016 was the year of the sequel, mm-hmm. 2017 has appeared to be the year of the remake. Um, like I don't want, uh, I don't want to see them take any more. I, I don't want to see a bunch more spinoffs on existing characters. And that was one of the things like mm-hmm. Jabba and Boba. And even though they're characters I love, I would like this to be something new. But it still has to tie to Star Wars. You know, it has to, well, it has be to Star feel Wars. Star Wars. So, yeah, it has to feel Star Wars. So maybe even exploring something. This is might be sacrilegious when mm-hmm. it comes to the Star Wars. Universe. So this is one of the things you do want. Yeah. Maybe explore something in this universe beyond the force. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, so I mean, thematically, maybe exploring something that involves characters within this universe that can that, you know, that live and exist on some of these outlying planets or mm-hmm. whatever else. But there is there is a ton of mysticism in this series, right? That surrounds the force and users of it and those who don't believe in it. Um, but what about the other? Because it's almost a religion, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's face it. I mean, it's an allegory for religion. Mm-hmm. So what about the other religions out there? Okay. So we've got whatever Christianity and and mm-hmm. whatever you know thematically you want to go into about the force and the dark side. 
what else is out there? Mm-hmm. Okay, that comprises these these other. Co- what other stories races? are are the are people in this universe telling about? You know or these things that exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting to see them explore, and I think that finding a new subset of of characters to champion within those areas, I think would be kind of cool. So we could almost have like a new universe that has its own, um, whatever you want to call it, its own Skywalker family, right? Mm-hmm. But please, as you mentioned, no winks, nods, no corollaries. Like, right. please do not put parallels between yeah. them. Okay. So help me if there's a new Death Star in this trilogy. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's over. And if somebody gets their hand cut off, I'm walking out. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> No moon. Uh, one of the things I want to see is a true. Um, I want to see Star Wars to continue even more to embrace cultural and social diversity. Uh, so I, I really, I really feel like this is a great opportunity when you're starting, you know, with whole cloth, something new, to really embrace uh, equality of character development, uh, equality, uh, you know, whether it be male, female, different races, uh, you know, all of the above. Uh, to really have a way to um, to really have uh, you know everybody be able to identify with whatever whoever these heroes are yeah um, the power of Ray has been so great and I'd love to see them continue yeah. to to do that so she's my favorite thing to happen in the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. is Jedi yeah like I'm serious she's uh, she's she's an intriguing character mm-hmm. and she's a girl you know. Um, this is such a male-driven storyline for so long, mm-hmm. um, both good and bad. It's really good. You know, Leia just ended up being kind of like window dressing, though fantastic, you know, window dressing yeah. at that because of her character. But, um, you know, the driving forces there have always been these dominant male characters. And so she's something magical, you know. And Star Wars has always been, I think its very nature lends itself to diversity. So I agree. It would be hard to see them like turn away from that. And I think turning away from that in any way or failing that would mm-hmm. make it very un-Star Wars-y. Yeah. Yeah. Do you so, have anything else you want to see? No, nothing in specific. I, I just, I want to be surprised. That's what I want. There you go. I want to walk in and I want to be surprised. I want somebody to, a character or a race or something to catch me and excite me and reinvigorate. Like that experience that you got the first time you saw Star Wars mm-hmm. and you saw droids and maybe not Ewoks, but um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that excitement that you got getting to know these characters and going, okay, this is going to be something awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want that experience. I want to be wowed. I want to be sucked into something that's Star Warsy that's, that feels new. Uh, my other thing is I want a sense of intimacy to it. Um, I think there's some beautiful storytelling that could happen in this universe if you scale scale it down a little bit. So the universe is so broad. You know, we're dealing with all these different planets and all these different creatures. And, um, you know, I, I would almost be fine if it ended up just in, you know, one... One planet. One, well, or one solar system even, let's say. Or, okay. you know, one... Just, you know, at some point it is Star Wars, so the star's kind of part of the title. So, you know, one planet may be a little uh, a little too um, too specific condensed. condensed. But um, I like the idea of it being a very intimate story, you know, just okay. following one family or, you know, one person or whatever um, in some sort of journey. 
Uh, so that's the other thing I think would be really cool uh, if they did. So there you go. Fair enough. So we're waiting. Whenever you want to give us a call to help you, uh, Ryan, figure this out, um, we're definitely available. When's Kathleen? The, when is the projected like? Oh, they haven't said. Oh, okay. I'm guessing if they want to stay on the every two year thing. 2021. Then I'm guessing 2021. Okay. So I'm guessing episode nine in 2019 and then episode one of the new uh, trilogy in 2021. So. So exciting. I wonder if they'll call it episode one. Probably not. It's got some baggage. Yeah. Episode, the name episode one's got a little bit of baggage. <laughs> That's saying something. Uh, before we finish, let's do your buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? The Stranger Things mobile game. Yeah? Is yes. it good? It's fantastic. Nice. It's a lot of fun. It's got great personality. It's got a very 80s video game feel to it. And it's okay. not just the pixelated graphics. Um, It's got this very fun vibe to it that follows the characters. Um. Obviously, it uh, ties into the storyline a little bit, but it does it in a very creative, fun way that that doesn't directly just follow like you're just doesn't feel like you're simply playing the show. Does mm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's it's great. Character interactions are fantastic. It's a fun little time, you know, time. What, suck. Overall, what is the the concept? Is it just like a it's. Hawkins lab and and the kids and the characters but um it's not replaying the same story you know Nancy's uh Nancy's in another realm that but she's it's, been but it's like, in. is it a platformer is it yeah, yeah oh, okay okay yeah 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 uh, well no 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 it's not a, it's not side such nice side scrolling platformer it's a it's an isometric 2d um uh, over the top uh puzzle game okay so it's so like okay. lots of puzzles and I love that so because it's intellectual mm-hmm. much like the show um, so, and I haven't finished it yet, so I'm working on it cause I want to beat it. Um, but it's a lot of fun and how I didn't find it sooner. I, I have no idea. I just, and it was random that it showed up for me when I was grabbing something else. Um, and I saw, you know, one of the, you may like, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, there's a game. And yes. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I was just absorbed. So yes, Stranger Things mobile. Google Play. We can pretty much uh, just run your review of of that and just change the uh, the title from Stranger Things to Monument Valley Two. Oh, uh, yes, because that's kind of that's what's been taking up my time. So and uh, another puzzle game, uh, very intriguing and very interesting, very intelligent. And they're doing some interesting things with. I don't know if you played Monument Valley One. It's gorgeous, but. Um, Strangely enough, the original Monument Valley, uh, the first time I ever saw it was in the TV show House of Cards. Uh, uh, so tie into some of the darker oh, news that we're dealing Kevin with. Kevin Spacey was sitting on the yep. thing playing it on an iPad. He sure was. That's right. And it wow. just seemed like this really cool perspective game where you know you can shift things around and find a different perspective on a path to get somewhere that I yeah. found really intriguing and interesting. And the game finds some interesting ways to expand on that in uh, Monument Valley 2, including some stuff with a mother and a daughter. So um, I would definitely recommend. It's just out on Android. I'm not sure if it was out on uh, iPhone before. I'm sure. but um, Since the original game debuted on iOS before mm-hmm. it came to Android, I'm yeah. assuming that it came to iOS first. So it's on both now. So uh, I just been playing that for the last couple days so i'm getting it now (laughs) aaron dicer endorsed (laughs) that's all you needed right it's worth my (laughs) 4.99 
Well, there you go, man. We did a podcast. Ta-da! Woo-hoo! I mean, woo-woo! <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for Sif Pomp today and as part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to today's guru, Sean from Geek Pointo. Hello. Hey what do you got that you uh, want to let people know about? So uh, nothing. We're we're gearing up for our holiday tech and gaming uh, recommendations. So oh, nice. Best games of the year, uh, best gaming tech of the year, um, both in consoles and then obviously in HDR TVs and things of the like. So... Uh, come check us out on Geek.0. Uh, it's uh, any of your social medias, but preferably Twitter. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash Geek.0, G-E-E-K-P-O-I-N-T-0. All spelled out. Um, and uh, we're going to have a steady stream of content coming out with recommendations from, from around the world, including uh, the much-respected and revered Scott Wilkinson with ABS Forms. Um, he's kind of god of all things audiovisual. Mm. Um, and ABS does some amazing testing. And so we've been going through some of their stuff because we actually own some of the sets, uh, things that they've, that they've uh, previewed this year. And uh, so some really cool stuff. So, yep, previewing a, previewing a, a lot of things for your holiday buying needs. Um, I just... In the process of going through the first part of Assassin's Creed Origins on the Xbox One X mm-hmm. and seeing the differences in the new console versus the old. So, yeah, just come check us out at Facebook.com uh, and Twitter.com forward slash Geek.0. And spell out the point, and the O is a zero. Indeed. Very nice. Much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studiodna. There's lots of ways to connect with the podcast, SoundCloud, Twitter. Uh, you can do Apple Podcasts, or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. Make sure you let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than driving a train through an avalanche. Spoiler chat for this week's movie should be next up in your podcast feed, and we'll see you back next week for some talk on Justice League. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 